welcome to Meet and Greet. I'm Laura Ryan and this is the second in our podcast series. Today we're speaking to Ashley Gray, General Manager at Beef and Lamb New Zealand. Ashley, tell us about the organisation. Okay, so Beef and Lamb New Zealand Incorporated um, is different from Beef and Lamb New Zealand Limited. So we are a little confusing in that we have two organisations which exist in New Zealand with the same name. So Beef and Lamb New Zealand Limited are based in Wellington, the capital city of New Zealand, and their primary role is to, um, they're responsible for farmers and the export market. So they're the levy board, look after everything to do with on-farm and also look after the offshore marketing. My role at Beef and Lamb New Zealand Incorporated is all around uh, domestic marketing. So we're responsible for the generic promotion of New Zealand Beef and Lamb here on the domestic market. I've been working here now for almost 10 years, started off as a PR intern and have gradually um, worked my way through to general manager. Um, So I'm now responsible for um, defining strategy, um, talking to stakeholders um, and managing our team of 16. It's a big job, and on top of that, you're also CEO of World Butchers Challenge. Tell us a bit about that. I am. So I feel extremely lucky to be involved with the World Butchers Challenge. Um, When I first started at Beef and Lamb New Zealand in 2011, I was introduced to a very small competition that my boss, Rod Slater, had uh, dreamed up. So what he decided was he's, he's a huge lover of sport, extremely passionate about the industry, And he thought, wouldn't it be an amazing idea to get a team of butchers from New Zealand to battle it out against a team of butchers from Australia uh, to see who, which country had the best of the best. Um, So I, I think three months into my role, headed down to Christchurch just after the earthquake. And we were in a really small conference room and we laid tarps down on the floor, brought in some machinery and equipment, um, side of beef, uh, side of lamb. And we basically let the butchers, teams of six, loose for two hours. Uh, to And what they needed to do was transform those carcasses into uh, displays of value added cuts. And I guess at the time, it was completely different to where it is now. It was on a really small scale. But it was then that I thought to myself, these butchers are so talented, have so much passion, and were really grateful to be given a platform to showcase their skills. So from that competition in 2011, it slowly started to grow each year. And again, I was lucky enough to be part of that moving forward. So we um, took the competition to Australia, Great Britain joined, came back to New Zealand, went over to the UK. And it was really in 2016 when we held the competition in the Gold Coast in Australia and had France come and join. So we moved from two countries to four with Great Britain and France. And that we really platformed the competition on social media that it really started to gain traction. And it was at that point that I thought to myself, it's less about the meat industry and more about these incredibly passionate people coming together to share, compete, learn off each other and be inspired that I felt we had something really special and it deserved to, to grow as much as possible. 
Um, so really, really got stuck into it, really got involved, did my best to contact other countries, other butchers, uh, get people excited about it, show them what we had achieved here in New Zealand and Australia and Great Britain and France. And we ended up in Belfast last year in Ireland with 12 countries competing. And it's it's just taken off. It's gone gangbusters. And it's something that I've, I think has really added a whole another dimension to my role um, and, to, and to the reason that I love working in the meat industry. Tell us a bit about the next competition. That's taking place in 2020. Is that right? That's right. So as the competition has grown, we moved it to become a biannual event um, just to allow for more time for the teams to practice, Um, more time for uh, teams to generate sponsorship and really um, turn it into something really big. So after Ireland, we put out a call for bids. We asked countries to say if they wanted to um, look at hosting the next event and put together a bit of an itinerary for us and a bit of a proposal. So we got bids from Sacramento in San Francisco um, and from Brazil and also from Paris and France, who were hugely, hugely passionate about holding the competition. And we were blown away. We were absolutely blown away with the level of, um, of what was put together by each of these countries and the determination they each had to hold this event. We ended up going with Sacramento in San Francisco, um, and Rod and I travelled, my boss Rod and I travelled there late last year to meet the team and see the arena where the event's going to be held and even talking to you now I'm getting goosebumps thinking about the arena <laughs> so it's this it's called the Golden One Center it's a it is a basketball arena but they have uh, concerts there as well so I think even just the other day they had Ariana Grande they've had Coldplay Bruno Mars everyone there and when we stepped into that arena and I just flashed back to 2011 and we were in that tiny conference room taping down tarps on the floor squishing everyone in thinking to 16 teams each walking into the stadium with the big screens the audio everything and doing something that they love representing their country and something that they love just I, I know when it comes to 2020 in September, when we hold the competition there, I'm going to be an absolute emotional wreck <laughs> because I think it is, will just be so incredible. And to be a part of that, all the butchers that are looking to, to head there in 2020, all of the supporters, all of the people that are involved in the meat industry that are going to come along and support the event and use that week to learn and meet new people, I think are just going to be absolutely blown away. And it's fair to say you guys have developed the Olympics of the meat world, really. That's what we like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about how you ended up in the meat world. Was that by uh, accident or was it by design? It was definitely by accident. So I am a city girl by heart. Actually had never stepped foot on a farm before I started at Beef and Lamb. I was working, sorry, I was studying... um, at Auckland, Auckland University of Technology. So I was studying a Bachelor of Communications and majoring in public relations. And it was in my last year of uni that we had a project where we were assigned a mentor and we were given a company to work for for six months as part of our study. 
I remember walking into the room and the list of mentors were, was up on the board and they were all these glamorous PR companies and right at the bottom was Beef and Lamb New Zealand. And I thought, please, 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 please don't get Beef and Lamb New Zealand. That's not glamorous. That's not exciting. I'd love to work for one of these um, these amazing agencies that I've heard so much about. And of course, I get Beef and Lamb New Zealand. <laughs> um, and that's where I met a woman called Tanya Hart. So she was my mentor and she was the general manager at the time of Beef and Lamb New Zealand. So I worked really closely with her and I could feel her passion for the industry and she taught me so much in those six months. And when I finished uni, I actually applied for another job in the fitness industry, which I thought would be something that I would be really passionate about. And when I rang Tanya to kind of bounce off her to see if she would, you know, what she thought of, of that role, it was then that she said, why don't you come and work for us? And the only reason I decided to start at Beef and Lamb was because of Tanya, because she had mentored me so much through those six months that I thought if I started with beef and lamb, she would be able to give me more. But I was I was determined to only stay at beef and lamb for a year because again I had this perception of the meat industry and thinking I set, I thought I was going to be in a very glamorous PR <laughs> communications role. And I think right from the first year, like I said, it was only three months into it that I attended the Trans-Tasman Test Match, which is now the World Butchers Challenge, I just fell in love with the people that are in the industry. And I think that's what's kept me here for so long. So be the people in my team who love what they do, my boss who gives me so much freedom to try new things, um, and then just the, the people right throughout the supply chain. So the farmers, the processors, the retailers, each separate group is so passionate about what they do. And I love that. I absolutely love it. Tell us about Meat Business Women. You've launched it in New Zealand and I know you're hugely passionate about it. Tell, give us a bit of background about why you've done it. Mm -hmm. So again, I think um, part of what I've been passionate about and part of what I've seen happen through the World Butchers Challenge and through Beef and Lamb is when, you're, when you connect when you connect people together and you form communities, amazing things happen. Um, more opportunities are created. Um, challenges are easier to overcome. And I, when I met first met you and I heard about Meet Businesswoman, immediately I just thought to myself, that's just another incredible network of like-minded people coming together to encourage each other to share their stories, to learn from one another. And I do think being a woman in the meat industry, it still is, you know, we still are the minority. And I've been lucky enough that I have, you know, a male boss and a male um, board of directors, male board of directors, but, and they've supported me wholeheartedly. But I do think that for us women to be able to connect together, there are different challenges and there are things that we do differently or different life stages and, and whatnot. And I just think how amazing for us to all be brought together and have that ability to learn from one another. That sounds fantastic. Thank you. Now tell us about New Zealand. What are the key challenges that you've seen uh, over the last 10 years and where do you see the top challenges coming in the next few years? Yeah, so I think for us, 
Um, a big a big one that I know a lot of people are facing across the globe is the rise of alternative proteins. Um, and, and that gets talked about a lot here in New Zealand. In particular, the last couple of months, it's all been around um, the role of alternative proteins and how they could potentially replace uh, natural meat, whereas we think that there is a place for both. However, I think the re- if I think back to when I first started here, I think the real challenge for us is just the amount of issues that are going on that people kind of lump together. So if it's not alternative proteins, it's around health and nutrition. If it's not around health and nutrition, it's around um, the environmental impact, coupled with the speed of change when it comes to technology and digital and social media. So even if I think back to when I started, we were able to put um, an ad on TV too, and that would reach the majority of our target audience and that would be something that they would absorb. Now, because there is so many different ways that you can get your information, people are becoming confused and are listening to a whole range of different people. Here in New Zealand, we're quite isolated. So now we see that a lot of uh, information from overseas is filtering down here, not necessarily with a New Zealand context. So if you think about the range of different issues that are affecting a product coupled with the ways in which people receive their information. It's just a lot more, um, I guess, segregated and the way in which you reach people now is a lot more individualised and customised, which is exciting, a really exciting time. But there's so much more to consider and think about. What would your key tips be for others looking to join the meat industry? I think what I've learned about the meat industry is that there are a whole lot of challenges, but if you have the right mindset, that's what is so exciting. There is so much opportunity to come into the sector and really own something and make a difference. Um, I think that there are a lot of still, and it's getting better, but there are still people within the industry that do have their head in the sand a little and think, well, this is how it used to be and this is how it should be. But there are things that we can be doing, initiatives that we can be doing, conversations that we can be having that only pushes our industry forward and makes it more enticing, makes it more exciting. Um, and, And there are so many opportunities as long as you have that drive to really make a change. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Now, earlier this month, Meat Business Women announced its international partnership with the International Meat Secretariat. Now, I know you're quite involved with IMS and also the marketing workshop, and they've got an event coming up shortly. Give us a little bit of background. So, again, uh, IMS for me is a great, um, a great, opportunity to network, to learn, to share, and it's um, different uh, countries coming together to bring their insights and their learnings um, and what they've experienced, but also for us to come together and tackle issues that affect us globally as one. Um, I think there's something really powerful in in the ability for us all to be singing off the same song sheet when it comes to some of those major issues that do affect all of us, regardless of what nation we're in. Um, and so the next event will be held in Banff in Canada in March. 
Um, and the focus of this event is really around alternative proteins and the future of red meat. So the role that it will continue to play, where it place is on the plate, um, and how some of these obstacles that we're facing at the moment, how can we turn those into real opportunities rather than just seeing them as threats? So I feel like this upcoming workshop is going to be some something that is really inspiring and really proactive. So if anyone wants to get in touch with you, Ashley, about IMS Marketing Workshop, about World Butchers Challenge or Beef and Lamb New Zealand, how are the best to contact you? So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those. <laughs> I think I'm, I love my social media, but probably the initially the best way is just via an email. Uh, so it's ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, at beeflamnz.co.nz. That's great. Thanks for your time today, Ashley. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Laura. You've been listening to Meet and Greet, brought to you by Meet Business Women, available from meetbusinesswomen.org and from iTunes. Thank you.